You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Governors need to be able to get funding when they dispo, when they dis, they need to uh, and, and bring, bring their National Guard into play. Very blunt. I'm so over it. I'm over living in a dictatorship that we call Michigan. What do you say to Americans, especially immigrant Americans who came to the United States looking for political stability and seeing all the things that the president is doing? What do you think is really going on here? In your view, Mr. President-elect, what do you think the president is doing? What are Americans witnessing here? Americans are witnessing a talentless member of the journalism community receive a paycheck from uh, your tax dollars. That's what you're witnessing when you hear your Miche Alcindor ask the president or tell the president how bad Donald Trump really is, which is what she was doing today. How is it that nobody can unplug NPR and the NPBS? How is this possible? We have 150 billion channels. Every poor person in this United States of America has cable. <laughs> Everybody has it in a bigger flat screen than I have. It's just absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I'm sorry. This is not a race thing or an anything thing. No, Every poor true. person has I know a kid who's well, not a kid anymore. I guess he's, I guess he's my age. A guy who I owe $100 to, by the way. Um, sorry about that. I'm, I, I will give you your $100 if who I do see Who do we owe $100? I do. We went out um, 10 years ago, maybe nine years ago. Him, me, and Jimmy uh, to a bar. I think I told you this because we were um, newly married, and I had no business being out at a bar. But, but I was talking to these uh, – everybody was interested in me, and I had no idea why. They were, not everybody was interested. I like – these this pack of three young ladies in their twenties were wanted to talk to me. We were all night weren't all over me, but compared to when I was viable in a young man and fairly attractive and wanted mm-hmm. women to like me, 
they were like these are maybe they were just so unthreatened. They assumed I was an off-duty cop or <laughs> like the grandfather of the person who owns the place. I don't know. But anyway, I was with um, a kid named Mike and another kid, and Mike uh, paid for all the beers. And I tried to get and I I tried to give him a hundred dollars um, at a funeral. But uh, I, so the next time I saw him, and I brought my hundred bucks, and I didn't trust his friend to give him the money. Uh. So um, I wanted to bring up the, the ladies. That's right. That's right. I was talking to the, these these ladies, and I and it occurred to me because at that point we had a little baby daughter, and we had been newly married, and and I don't go, and I didn't go to out to bars and clubs. This is like a martini bar, and I was talking to these uh, these these women and one of them was talking to me and she was like why is she talking to me she's it's loud and meanwhile i'm 40 or, or in my late 30s at this time mm-hmm. and i don't go to these places and she's loud but she's talking to me close and she's like blowing in my ears she's talking to me and she smelled good and looked good and things like that and i thought i'm sure i told you this because i was uh, i was probably did. i don't yeah. remember it and i thought like this is I, there was nothing there was this was not a f- person who was i don't think it was a person who was sitting i don't know what it was but I thought, there's just no good for a guy, especially a married guy. With it. There's no reason to be out. There's no reason. There's no good comes of talking to a perfectly nice young lady. What do I do? Just waste hours out when we have a house, <clears throat> a baby at home? and Or like I wasn't going to ply her with drinks. I, I'm, You know, there's, that's all over. But, you know, you, it's just no good come. I'm... It's good. There's a reason. There are many reasons. Men are stupid. <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, I, I, obviously I, there I was pushing 40, but had 17 Jägermeister shots been come my way, I don't have the training to say no to something like that. <laughs> I certainly didn't at that age. And then who knows what I have. Who know? I just – who? it's just a better thing. Married men should stay the hell home is my feeling. Probably. Not that they're all going to cheat or anything. And I wasn't cheating. I didn't, I didn't do anything. But I it just nothing good. Nothing good happens. Nothing good, you know. So that's my that's well, why. right. The good stuff that happens in your life once you're married is at your house, right? It's you know getting to eat dinner and your kids tell you silly things and you you know throw a ball around in the yard or you read a book together or I mean the the stuff that's fun in your life once you're married and you have kids is happening at home, right? And the bad judgment of an attractive younger woman, you know, allowed me to have somebody constantly around who liked me. You, of course. And so, it's like, it just, <laughs> it just didn't make any. It, I, I didn't want. It was, it was a reunion, all of us, whatever. So, Mike, I owe you a hundred bucks. You know, I do. I tried to see you at the funeral. I don't trust the other guy, who's also a friend, who may listen, probably listen to Jerry Callahan. But uh, do you have? Let me know if you owe anybody money from a long time ago. There's a couple of people who owe me, as a matter of fact. This guy named Rick I worked at the front desk with at the at the Hotel the Omni. Man, this is what you get. I lent him 20 bucks, and he got fired the next day. And I said, damn, freaking timing is everything. Yeah. I mean, my philosophy, though, is never loan anyone money that uh, you would need back desperately. Well, like, I, mean, I never. I don't think I sh- you should ever loan money that you are going to need to, like... Well, no, I understand that. But when you're a frivolous dumbhead... Oh, yeah, dumb but head... I mean, like, I don't... I'm just not going to chase anybody for money, so... Like, oh, either I see somebody pays me back or they don't pay me back. Like, I want... If I'm loaning someone money, 
I want to essentially consider it a gift, and if they pay me back, awesome. But I like. So there's another time, um, and this was in when I was newer to radio in the early 2000s. I went out. I went to my local bar to watch football in the, mm-hmm. on the weekend in Brighton, actually the place where I knew you. Mm-hmm. And a radio host came was who I worked with came in, and he, I had he need, he wanted twenty bucks whatever, and I gave him twenty bucks, and he I also never saw again. He never showed up the station ever again. Yeah. He ended up incarcerated. <laughs> the long story about this guy: he's actually in the Bust a Move video by a Young MC. People who are my age will understand. Do you know that song, Bust a Move? Um, I've heard of it. <laughs> it was, I couldn't sing it. It for was you. very important at one time, Alice. Okay. And guess what else? You have it ready? I haven't. I'm not recording. So you Um, have the recording. I have the only recording. Are you recording? Yes. I'm going to start recording right here. So this is an interesting one. Because I assume that the the quality of the recording here is better. I think so. I think so. But we could attach them probably. We'll attach them. So those of you listening to the audio right now, just seconds ago, we've spliced the video recording with the audio because I hadn't been recording. Now I am. So if the quality just suddenly got better, that's great. For those of you watching on video thinking you're getting screwed out of better audio, it may not be so. We don't know yet. So, owing money to people, and um, and that is uh, that is the last piece of that. But uh, thinking about Yamiche Elson. Like, go ahead. I think there was like a story coming, or there was like a point to this, wasn't there? To the whole thing of like owing someone money. I was it talking, was going somewhere. Talking about Yamiche Elsinder and PBS... And oh, ha- everybody has flat screen TVs. That oh yes, my friend who I owe money to, <laughs> Mike, is a fireman, and uh, he talks about a lot of the fires that they have to go to are the projects all over the place, mm-hmm. and that they are just blown away at how awesome these places are. Yeah, awesome leather couches and huge flat screens, and like Jesus. Yeah. Well, do you remember we used to know someone? Um, they moved to a different state, but. Um, who worked for Comcast and they would go and install cable mm. at houses and they would be like, you know, some of these houses, like they don't have furniture and they're like sitting on the floor and they have like a huge flat screen. Like, yeah. It, it's yeah. like a priority thing for some people. Yeah. I don't know. We I, we don't have a huge flat screen. We have a fairly... We, have, we a- have a bigger one now than we did at our old house because then... In this new house, it's so huge that it's, like, inconvenient to go to certain parts for the, for the TV. I mean, huge. It's not really that huge. But for us, it's huge uh, for what we're, we were used to. And so we decided we would have two TVs and one's in the kitchen. So if you're, like, making dinner, you can have on the right. news. Right. That's a tiny – that would be considered a tiny that, Yeah. But TV. that was our primary TV yeah. for years and years. We kept it in a bookshelf to the consternation of everybody who ever came to our house. It so was, like, hidden feeling, in a bookshelf. My feeling about uh, the flat screen TV, having an awesome one and getting the best one, is it's what used to, we used to have about – and this is a feeling that now is gone because everybody's got a phone camera – but I had a friend who used to take disposable cameras out with us. And once you do that, you start taking a disposable camera out, then there are those times when suddenly you don't have it and you always have it in your mind that you should have it just in mm-hmm. case. Because then so- something awesome happens, you don't have it that one day, et cetera. And it's always in your mind. My feeling was with the. I don't want to have on my mind the new 1050 DPX 72-inch <laughs> plasma that's better than this and that. I don't want to know anything about that world or care too much about it. How much time do you have elapsed there so I know how much time I have here? 
Um, I don't know how to see that. Does on that this. not have an elapsed find? <laughs> um, oh, there it is. Uh, 10.32. Okay. So what I'm getting back to is with the public broadcasting. It, think we, It's out there. It was originally out there so that everybody could watch TV, could watch substantive TV. And PBS has some great stuff on it. It always has had some great mm-hmm. stuff on it. But now it's not needed. Everybody's got everything that they need. And as far as NPR goes, NPR in big uh, markets makes a hell of a lot of money. They do very, very well. They've got great frequencies. They do very, very well. They make money already. They don't need mm-hmm. the, the public's money. As they always tell us when they're explaining to us that they um, don't really get that much public money. Right. But yeah. when you try to take it from them, <laughs> then, they, they scream bloody murder. Problem. And it's, yeah, they take hostages right there in front of you. Yeah. So <laughs> Big no. Bird is being held with a gun to his head every time they. Exactly. Now, I mean, now that's being produced by HBO, you know. Didn't he quit Big Bird? Or is he still around? I don't know about. I haven't watched a show in ages, but I know that it's HBO does it now. It's not even. That's not even done by PBS anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So, which was also an outrage when it happened, but it's been fine yeah those days are no outdated one's... you don't need that i mean there's public it's going to be a thing soon in the next couple of years first of all we're spending trillions already on on uh, coronavirus relief we're going to spend probably at least three trillion just for the next stimulus the pay the the uh, oh yeah because they were the already like loan. almost at and two. that's that's right and that's if we don't roll that into something or supplement that or make that a, a, an almost uh, satellite relief package to a huge stimulus. You know there's a big baby coming that's going to have infrastructure and it's going to have mm-hmm. possibly college debt relief. It, that to me that's to me that's um that's the battle zone right there. You college pull that debt crap. Relief. You pull that crap then but I mean it could have there could be so much to it. I mean this could be if you thought that the Obama stimulus, which was in the hundreds of billions, I think, was a... Uh, I think it was like $700 trillion maybe. Billion. I mean, yeah, $700 yeah. Billion to It was like close, like three quarters Right, and there trillion, was money yeah. just just flushed right down the toilet in that. Now, unless we, of course, get some, which I'm in all which for. In which case, you love it. I, I'm all for it, yes. Well, here's the thing, paging Andrew Yang. Um, direct payments are much better than any of this, like, we'll find the project. Because people in government are incompetent. They're terrible at this. They're bad at picking winners and losers. They're bad at telling people what to do with their money. They're terrible at it. So if you're going to waste a bunch of money, you might as well give it directly to people. That's where it'll uh, make a difference. Alice, giving directly to people doesn't get you um, your meals taken care of and uh, you know get you stock options into these mm-hmm. huge, huge mm-hmm. uh, interests. You know, the the way to play the game is to find the big guys and let them do all the work. Right. Let them write the legislation for you. Right. That's why the agriculture them- industry is the biggest lobbyist about food stamps. It's not – food stamps aren't about poor people. Food stamps are about propping up certain segments of the U.S. agriculture industry. There's a reason why government cheese is a thing because we buy a bunch of dairy to keep dairy prices up to – keep artificially high demand for dairy so that dairy prices don't drop. I mean, like, uh, it makes no sense. We could just give the poor people the money and let them shop for stuff. You know, I we have one kid with food allergies, so I talk to a lot of food allergy parents and food allergy parents that are on WIC. 
It's a constant battle because WIC only lets you buy certain very specific things and you can't substitute out when you have allergies. And these poor moms whose kids have allergies are trying to figure out what they can use their stupid WIC money on. And like their kids allergic to dairy and the people that they have to deal with are like RMV type idiots who are telling them Mm. like that their kid can have you know, yogurt instead of milk. And they're going like, no, that doesn't work either. My kid's allergic to all dairy. Like, it's just the incompetence. And like all that money that you're paying all those idiots to like talk down to people on the phone because they're poor and they don't deserve to be treated with dignity by the government. Like all those people that we pay that comes out of the money for the program. You know, that's yes, that's part of the administrative cost right. of the program, which if you just pay people directly isn't a problem. Like that's- The program is the program. That's the right. Thing. <laughs> the it program is, is its yes. own reason for existence. Like it's, exactly. it's just so annoying. And like one thing that I really always felt was like a downfall of conservatives was when, you know, like there's plenty of EBT program abuse. I'm not denying that. But when conservatives get into like wanting to micromanage what poor people do with their food stamp, like I don't think you should be for that as a conservative. Leave people alone. Like I mean, believe me, I understand the the desire to make sure that the money gets used effectively. But what we end up doing is paying dumb government workers to come in and bother people who are, you know, down on their luck or whatever and treat them terribly and be awful. And like we that all is just wasted money. Like there's way more of that that's the problem in the program than like of course, the abuse is an issue, too. But, you know, like, if we're going to give somebody money and they want to waste it on scratch tickets, like, you know, I mean... And Alice, I don't think that, that that conservatives are worried about the people down on their luck. They're worried about the people gaining gaming the system. Oh, yeah, like the the woman who got arrested with, like, eight EBT cards in her right. car and, and And the people who are just getting so much supplemental government income through this or that or this or that. Well, yeah, but wouldn't a lot of that be, like, streamlined if you just went, like, look how efficiently this stimulus program went out to people. Like, the IRS is used to dealing on that scale of people. So they were able to very efficiently get a lot of people money in a very short amount of time. I mean, like, that's one thing that I think doesn't necessarily get talked about in terms of the stimulus because we never saw stimulus before that operated that way where they just literally sent everyone a check. And... It really, I think, put to shame all the state programs that run all these different things and WIC and this and that and EBT and all that stuff. Like, just throw it all in the garbage and let the IRS, like, offer people a bigger tax credit for having kids or something. It's a very important lesson about government is that they absolutely cannot do Project A. They can't do it. Can't be done. Can't be done. Can't be done. Can't be done. Until there is a desperate plea from all parties, including those interests that are most influential, and then suddenly they sure as hell can do it. It is miraculous. It reminds me of it, it, people who aren't from Massachusetts. We had there was this loophole about seven years ago or so mm-hmm. that allowed for upskirt photography on the MBTA. Right. So for some reason, with cell phones, with this that you could take. There were men taking pictures, upskirt pictures of girls, city, or whatever they were. You get it. Right, because like taking a photo of somebody in public is legal. Exactly. And so this was happening on the MBTA. Is, of course it's going to be when you give guys a camera. And uh, 
and perverts the camera, and you know, it, of course, it's going to. But so, you repeat yourself, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. and perverts. Yes. So, so this happens suddenly. It's an issue. There's these the MBTA police, etc. Say this is happening in the MBTA. We know that we need a legislative fix. In 26 seconds, all the committees were bypassed. Everything that was needed to to, to all of the normal minutiae mm-hmm. they have to go through, the drafting and the reconciliation of the House and Senate bill, all this stuff. Boom. Governor signs up. Boom. Cops down in the MBTA. Yeah, it was like 24 hours later yes. it was illegal. Yes. Like, On Tuesday, did. you were a, a happy perverted <laughs> photog. And Wednesday, you were in handcuffs. <laughs> And it's it's I mean that's what can happen, mm-hmm. but government doesn't have a sense of urgency. Of course, the more the slower it moves, the more it thrives, and right. the more cultivation investment it needs. And mm-hmm. so there it goes, nice and slowly, until it's a big glacier on a state, like a state like Vermont, where the government is the biggest employer. It's a big slow moving glacier, and the state just moves around, mm-hmm. has to be fed, and has to be <laughs> cultivated, and just moves slowly around the state and. And of course, it just sucks <laughs> revenue, and it sucks. Do you remember um, the woman in Vermont who told us that um, she retired like ten years early and took her pension from her government job because they wanted her to learn how to use a computer, and she just was not going to do yeah. that. <laughs> so now she's getting paid <laughs> to not use the computer. Right. Exactly, and now she goes to the DMV for her check, whatever it is, and uh, yeah, it is. It is such a, a, a blight on livelihoods when government gets too big. And it's too bad. And, I mean, it's going to be, in a few years, it's going to be a problem. Because with all this spending, we're spending mm-hmm. the, the, the reckoning is coming. And this is going to be, if we thought, like, how is it that we weren't ready for terrorists to hit us in 9-11 when they've been, they were hitting us and incrementally getting uh, more violent and, um, in, in, and larger in scale in their attacks... And then suddenly we get the the frigging twin towers get knocked down and the plane flies into the Pentagon and another one almost hit the what? We're like Jesus! Did anybody not see this coming? Nobody. There was <laughs> nobody ready. I mean, with 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 this, we, when we run out of entitlement programs, are going to be need to be shorn up in the next five years or so. Uh, yeah. There's going to be we're going to be out of money, zilch money. Which means these conversations right now that people fight over as being the you know the mm-hmm. dead enders. We'll never get rid of PBS. My God, you know who that hits mostly. Um, those are going to be on certainly on the tra- chopping block. I, it, it, everything will be on the chopping. But block. at that point, like PBS isn't even going to matter. Not that I'm saying we shouldn't get rid of it because we should, but like, like you say, the entitlement programs are the doozy. That's mm-hmm. that's the problem, and um, you know, and. The Democrats like want to add more of them, and it's just shocking to me the idea that you can look at Medicare as numbers and how how fiscally solvent it is, and you can think, you know, what America could really use right now is more of this. This seems perfect. Let's expand it. I mean, like who's the? I mean, obviously, no one wants to take Medicare away from the elderly, etc. All required disclaimers, whatever. But uh, who who? is even on Medicare who thinks Medicare is like such a well-run and awesome program that like everybody should be on it because it's just that great. Like it, it correct me if I'm wrong, but like, don't aren't like fewer and fewer doctors even taking Medicare and it's like impossible to see a specialist because their reimbursement rates are so low and everything. Isn't that like a thing? I don't know. I, the idea that, 
that we should be adding more entitlement programs right now when we have this looming thing. I mean, but whatever. I mean, society will just collapse and it won't matter. So, well, just imagine. Spend, just spend, 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 and then we'll see what happens. Right. And add to that what's happening in the future. This is today down in Capitol Hill. Ed Markey's there. AOC's there in the back of the. Uh, Back of the riser, the some of the squad mm-hmm. is there. So we're about to sing a song called We Are Standing for Our Futures. If you know the song, sing along. If you don't know it, listen and then sing in when you figure it out. All right. By the way, who knows it? <laughs> you know what? Next to that old classic. <laughs> right. Next to uh WAP, I was have you heard Standing for Our Futures? We are standing for our futures. We are healing what is wrong. We are standing for our futures, and together we are strong. We are standing for our futures. We are healing what is wrong. We are standing for. It's just repetitious. Is it a song or is it a chant? More of a chant. We are standing. Everyone, now Marky's back there dancing. (laughs) Excellent. So there they are singing, yeah, we're standing for the futures. This is, no, we're not, it's not that we're going to ratchet back uh, carbon-based uh, energy whatsoever. Right. It's not that cap and trade regulations are going to go through the roof and we're going to have to retrofit buildings so that they're, uh, you know, completely green. It's not that we're going to dial back fracking and everything else right now that's brought us essentially, uh, you know, the fruitfulness that we enjoy. We're standing for the futures. It's got a song. So feel good about that while this is happening. While so so we're going to have less um, uh, we're going to have you know less revenue coming into the system, you know because we're killing businesses. We're going to vastly expand the entitlement entitlement class. We're not going to have companies with capital anymore who are able to sh- throw that capital around, including to the uh, stock market into uh, innovation and other sectors. We're gonna kill that off. Kill that off. Meanwhile, we're already in debt. But don't worry, we're gonna go after the one percent who will be in their jets, which will be retrofitted with uh, booster rockets to get the freak out of the country or off the planet. Exactly. Soon, they're gonna be. They and right. Elon Musk are gonna be saying goodbye from the window Absol- of the rocket ship. Right. There'll be nobody left because after you go after the little guy, you've already, you know. Destroyed the small businesses with the minimum wage being fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. You're gonna kill, hit them with a thousand regulations, and you're gonna you're gonna drain every bit of life out of all these small businesses that you can. Then there goes more people. Few, they, they're not able to employ anymore. They fold. Bang. There's more people who need the government. Of course, with AOC and with the standing for our future people, <laughs> that's a design. The idea is that it should be a centralized government. And mm-hmm. the private businesses and all well, this other stuff should right. exist. I mean, the main disagreement about healthcare on the left right now is if they should just outright outlaw private insurance and go with only government insurance, or if uh, they should um, make a government insurance that's free and then let it compete, quote unquote, with uh, insurance that costs money and see which one wins and give Americans a choice right. for a public option, meaning we'll let them choose between healthcare that doesn't cost anything and healthcare that they have to pay for and see which one they like better. And then all the private insurance companies will go under and then there will just be government healthcare. So there, the argument is over whether th- who wants to skip the step of pretending there's a competition between the government and the free market. So we're going to take a very quick break here while Alice uh, works with our child to negotiate him looking at something on the cell phone. While we're doing that, Alice, you know what I'm going to do? He's watching the thing on the cell phone. He's oh, he happy. is? Are we okay? We're not no, going to take a break? He just wants to be Oh, that's regular. what the noise is. Yeah, I'll turn him down a little bit. 
Oh, he wants to be in here. Okay, this is our son Cyril is in there. He is two, mm-hmm. right? Yes. All right. So, so yeah, there's going to be reckoning. It's going to be coming. I don't want to p- bump people out. You know, there'll still be booze, one kind or another, around and other things to numb yourself. Yeah. What's while the you... like bathtub thing that bathtub people did gin. in the prohibition? There'll be other ways to numb yourself while you run out the <laughs> clock on life and mercifully be. Uh, I hear sucked of into a the... lot of people who are like preppers growing grains to do their own, um, like beer like and distilling and and whatever you do with beer i forget it's when it not- hits a fan we don't need beer makers let's <laughs> be honest here we need the good stuff society's always at beer makers i mean uh yeah i know i'm i get very nervous around people especially guys especially bearded guys before everybody had a beard mm-hmm. who know a lot about beer and the history of beer yeah. You know, as if it's an art form rather than just drinking beer. <laughs> Take all the booze, alcohol out of it's a beer. Very we'll talk practice. about how I know the Egyptians. I know. I saw it was uh, twins. I think they talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. So, so that's the um, the future is going to be interesting. And you've got a big spending Democrat who's going to be president in just a few years. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the capitalism. Um, uh, the, the capitalist project that is this country has been very fruitful because uh, innovation and hard work is rewarded, you know. I think you mean our imperialist, yes. um, racist, colonial, uh, genocidal history. Paternalistic as well. And, you know, people sense that that's going to come to an end, which is why right. they don't And all like- these people who hate it, like AOC... <laughs> Of course, she went to a college that cost like fifty grand a year. <laughs> uh, everything, all of all of her strong ideological principles based on socialism were brought to her by the fruits of capitalism. She mm-hmm. didn't know none of these things. The, she wouldn't know how to clap back on Insta if it weren't for the beautiful capitalism that brought her all the cool toys that, that, that right. let her do all that stuff. So, I mean, it is. It's like our, talking about socialism, et cetera. Unfortunately, it's taught to people in all of these high-priced colleges, and although it's like arguing with a third grader when we talk <laughs> about it, it really is because yeah. you know it's it's an idealistic thing. It seems to feel good, you mm-hmm. know. It provides for a bad guy and the good people, which is you. <laughs> you know, it it allows vast roots of rationalization for you to be an exception to what you need to have a socialism. Mm-hmm. You know. You can be, um, you know, part of the Politburo, and you're an exception. You get a Mercedes Benz. The rest of the people get this crappy little uh, Russian car. But since you're needed to be a part of the apparatus that provides this great wealth for the common people, then uh, then you'll need a sweeter ride than that. You'd be happy to take it. So the Beamers are staying. The um, Range Rovers are staying. Um, but unfortunately, that's probably not you. It's for somebody else who's mm-hmm. who is happy to take your money, happy to take the stuff from you, happy to see that your kids, even though their kids, your kids pay for their kids go to, to go to college. They're happy to do that. They're happy to make sure that incredible restrictions in treaties over overseas that uh, you know that impose environmental regulations on businesses and on and on travel and on energy they're happy to see those squeeze you because those will have to squeeze you because you know it's for your own good but while you're hurting just From know you know there's a nice song coming you might know it actually you probably you heard it, it. <laughs> they've got a song so you'll feel good about doing it 
There'll be a yard sign that says this. We are standing for our future. That's what the yard signs will say in in Wellesley with Range Rovers in them. As you're paying for their college. They're really good. They have a song in yard signs. And why wouldn't you not want to stand for the future, by the way? Right? Why would you you want to drive what you're driving and still make what you're making and not pay your employees a $15 minimum wage, even though that cuts completely into any profit margin you have? Why would you... Why would you want to? Don't you know? Aren't you standing for the future? Come on. Be better. Be better is another one. Another lawn sign. Build back get. better. That's right. Which is now a global thing if you don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. So a lot of people say it's um, the the conspiracy theorists online um, say it's about that the Build Back Better slogan is about the Great Reset, which is a thing, like a theory that um, the government wants to like kill off a ton of the population and have a Great Reset. And then build back better. See, so that's like how it ties in. <sighs> Can I be one of the ones that gets killed off at this point? Where do I sign up? <laughs> what, you don't want to have to do the chance while we're building back better? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I'd be like, when all the people from the uh, Wakefield go outside and they're like, okay, we have to do, is this today? Is today a knee in the Black Power thing, or is today standing for the future song? <laughs> Ned, do you know? I think it's Black Power. I, we think it's Black Power. Okay. Here we go. Or is it uh, Women's Health Services? It's Women's Health Services. <laughs> Who wouldn't want women to be healthy? <laughs> Jesus. By the, on those, along those lines, and we won't get into today, although we should, probably should talk about it sometime, but have you seen the, the cover of The Atlantic? No. The last generation of um, Down syndrome. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I hate that. I know oh. you know. We won't get oh. into it. We won't get into it. But just know that the people celebrating the worst people have on that, planet Earth. Alice, those are the they've cured Down syndrome. Honey. I know. Well, those are the people. Just like they have got, in Europe. They've got Range Rovers. They've got yarn large yarn signs. What are you calling them worse for? These are people. These are very good people, Alice. These are people. They they have to do all the right things. They say all the right things. Stuff is rainbow when it needs to be. Stuff is black power hand when it needs. Do you to know be. at what point in the avatar? Do you know, Alice? They have a song. We are standing for our futures, and together we are strong. We are standing. Nothing for creepy our at all about celebrating. The, uh, uh, do you know at what point in pregnancy you can detect Down syndrome? I don't, Alice. It's pretty far in. But anyway, that's. Neither here nor there. We won't get into that today because I'll be yeah, too upset. I, don't. I understand. I understand. But I mean, Whew. how how ugly? It, well, to me, it's not. And I'm not. I'm not. Uh, we won't get into the abortion stuff. I'm not. Alice is, has stronger feelings uh, than I have. On, well, we both have stronger feelings. She brings more of a a moral, I think, argument to it. But I can tell you one thing: to have in 2016. Uh, what's her name? Richards, the the Cecile. Cecile Richards was it Cecile or is that her mother? Uh, yeah, Anne Richards is her mother. Cecile Richards, all in white, gallantly speaking at the Democratic National Convention, as if something pure and wonderful is happening, and feminine and white and perfect and beautiful. And that is the standing for the future song incarnate in a person. And to well, think, any to build any utopian society, you have to get rid of Alice, undesirables. Not, no, that's, you're not getting rid of undesirables. You're standing for the future. Hmm, there have it's been beautiful. a lot of people. Alice, they wore there have white. Been a Alice, lot of Alice, they people wore, trying to build no, perfect societies. You're trying out there. to mm-hmm. no. You're trying. They're standing for the future. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Now that we've veered off course, let's talk about the root of uh, my uh, current passion to get rid of public funding for public broadcasting. Yamiche Alcindor, who's a talentless journalist, and I'm saying this because I respect uh, the craft of journalism. It hurts me to say craft of anything, but uh, Yamiche Alcindor is, sucks at this. But she's considered, uh, because she's yelled at Trump, she's considered important. So this is a journalist asking the president-elect, Joe Biden, she's asking him a question. Now, Joe Biden, like we just talked about, remember, Joe Biden's got a lot on his plate, including the pandemic. Uh, He's also going to have this huge national debt we talked about to contend with. And he's going to have a world of uncertainty to contend with because stuff, unseen things happen during every presidency. So it's going to happen. So we have to be ready. Like any presidency, things happen and that you don't see them coming. And some of them, you know, some of them dislodge the, the, the pattern of uh, what should be the pattern of our day-to-day lives. And uh, it can be devastating. Some of them are world-changing uh, phenomenons that are happening. So here's Yamichi talking to Joe Biden. Joe Biden... She should have some questions for what the future looks like, considering, by the way, there's a huge relief coming in some legislation, which will cost Americans. Americans will get the relief. Americans will have to pay for the relief over here. That's hello. That's in the very least. In the very least. So what do you ask the current president about what is our future, sir? What do you make of the fact that the president is having these calls with Michigan County officials um, amid his bid to overturn the election. He's going to be having also Michigan Republican legislators at the White House tomorrow. Is anything that he's doing making you rethink your strategy? I know you say um, that you don't want to have legal action right now. And what do you say to Americans, especially immigrant Americans who came to the United States looking for political stability and seeing all the things that the president is doing? That's a question. To the president. That's a question. Let me let you in. That is not a question. That is a comment. That is commentary. And especially immigrant Americans. First of all, that took 36 seconds to ask that statement. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Biden, of course, she finished it for him. He has nothing really to say. Hang on. I'm on my way. That's what I say to them. Not a joke. And what the president's doing now... Hang on, I'm on my way. You hear her giggle? <laughs> That's great. I'm on my way. <laughs> that was a question. That is a paid journalist who makes probably a lot of money. I assume a few hundred grand, maybe a million. I don't even know anymore. A few money, by the way. That's PBS. PBS. You paid her to ask that non-question. You paid her to tell that statement. What do you make of the fact that the president is having these calls with Michigan County officials um, amid his bid to overturn the election. He's going to be having also Michigan Republican legislators at the White House tomorrow. Is anything that he's doing making you rethink your strategy? I know you say... Um, what do you think of him having people over, having people over to overturn an election? Is anything he do, he's doing making you, all the evil things, making you rethink your strategy? That you don't want to have legal action right now. And what do you say to Americans, especially immigrant Americans who came to the United States looking for political stability and seeing all the things that the president is doing? That is a, a remarkable. And what do you see and what do you say to the uh, people who, are, who have just left a dictatorship only to arrive at another dictatorship. What do you say to that, sir? 
I mean, isn't that astounding, Mr. Biden? Well, let me finish it for you, Mr. Biden. Yes, it is astounding. You don't have to say anything. What do you say to them? What do you say to them? I'm on my way. <laughs> oh, he's on his way. Oh, that's... You're on your way. Okay, sir. So Joe Biden asked... Uh, what he'll say to immigrants who have just left the dictatorship, who are now arriving at the Trump dictatorship. I'm on my way, he says. Jesus. Of course, with a question like that, or like a statement like that, you get another chance. And when you take a step back and you look at the way the president is handling. Which sucks, by the way. It's a terrible way he's handling it. Historically, just completely abhorrent. If you didn't know that, Mr. President-elect, just so you know. And the immigrants hate it, too. And it's like being in a dictatorship again, which, if you didn't know, is what they're saying about it. This his refusal to concede. What do you think is really going on here? In your Get in his head for a moment. What kind of idiotic thought process or insanity is flowing through his neurons right now, sir? Could you tell us? Of you, Mr. President-elect, what do you think the president is doing? What are Americans witnessing here? Tell us. We can't decipher. I mean, what is this tin pot moron, authoritarian, fascist, possibly up to day to day, sir? You tell us. We don't know how you'd know, but we're not going to fact check you. Daniel Dale's been quietly euthanized in the back room. Sir, would you just tell us? It is remarkable. Remarkable. So you just, you know, sir, we've said all of our comments. Here you go. Here's the mic. See you later. You won't go challenged. <laughs> She's she's used all the words. So Biden's trying to think, what the ha hasn't she said that I can now say? She's essentially made every good comment. Use my words. Oh, here. Uh, I think they're witnessing incredible irresponsibility. <sighs> President-elect confirms. Yada, 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 yada. But that's it. That's the media. That's the media that you pay for. Those are your people right now. It's in, it's, I mean, who cares? I mean, thankfully, somehow, despite ourselves and despite some other people who are interested in intellectual conversations that are honest, sometimes scary and uh, unsafe, mm -hmm. thankfully, those are more conservatives, liber libertarians, or classical liberals. And they're unafraid. And thankfully, the uh, sentinels out of the matrix that, uh, that uh, the the uh, tech giants have dispatched dispatched to neutralize them can't recognize all of them. So their speech getting through, and it is getting through at volumes. Thank God, bigger than what you're hearing from dummies like the Michael Cinder and these other uh, fossilized networks and dummies who bring four packs into Brooklyn uh, loft parties. Uh, thankfully, the, the there is a I call it an information superhighway, Alice. I coined that term, <laughs> um, and, and and it's being used. The, the the discourse in there is being had by people who are truly intellectual, curious, and are not wimps, and that is a good thing. So, unfortunately, your tax money isn't paying for them. But um, well, I mean, won't it be interesting? I think about this sometimes, like um, you know when. Our kids get older, and we tell them that once upon a time the the liberals were the like edgy, cool political party, political side, and like the conservatives were like the stodgy square party with no sense of humor. And, and I mean, like they won't even like believe us. Well, right, because right now, <laughs> young liberals 
are singing a song from 45 years ago when there's a pandemic or when there's <clears throat> when there's a uh, <clears throat> riots in the streets and unrest in the streets liberals all the the better liberals the elite liberals get together and take these videos of themselves with their face right in the camera singing a song from 45 years ago See, imagine there's no religion. It's easy mm-hmm. if you try. Looking right at us, blessing us mm-hmm. with their emotions, with their voices. From a song from 45 years ago, when I was a, in the 80s, a kid, that would be like like <laughs> Merv Griffin singing "Tie a Yellow Ribbon" from <laughs> uh, from like 1935. You know, it was uh uh, drinking rum and Coca Cola. It's <laughs> you're right, but they don't see them. They see themselves as, as, as something timeless. They're like the most painfully uncool group of people, and like I mean, coolness isn't everything, obviously. <laughs> but, um, but it's just interesting because they're so used to being mm-hmm. the arbiters of coolness. And I think that's part of this like sort of shift that happened with Trump, especially this election where he got so many more Latino votes and so many more black votes than like any Republican in decades and decades. And, you know, I think that that that's like part of a factor is that younger minority communities that are like more dialed into pop culture and less into politics are shifting towards Republicans, which is mind-blowing if you were anywhere near politics like in the 90s you know right right you've made them cool as a matter of fact if you even look at some of the biggest comedians from the or the old snls Mm -hmm. those guys sandler um david spade rob schneider those guys most of those guys are pretty are pretty staunch conservatives those guys are mostly conservative guys Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't no, they didn't change. They've always been kind of young, liberally guys. It's mm-hmm. just they don't have the stick and, you know, they don't have something sticking in their craw, we'll say. Right. Like, like they don't get offended. They don't want to cancel people. They don't, they're not afraid to have their feelings hurt. And so because they're daring enough to jump into free speech without parameter, they don't care because that's what humor is and funny is. Funny is offensive. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, they're now, you know, they're now by default the badasses. Right. And now you have younger comedians saying, no, you can't say that anymore. Stop it. Stop now. You can't have Apu in The Simpsons be Indian. That wasn't funny. Yeah, it was. It was funny for years, decades. <laughs> it was always funny. Apu was a great and funny character. Nobody ever had a problem with him. It was always funny. And he's also in the show, he's. One of the more intelligent characters who's a success and not a running, not a laughing stock. Right. He's a great character. There's no there's no offense at Apu. All no, all you see is that he's a convenience store. Who cares? Most people in The Simpsons are wretched. Homer is <laughs> mean, Yeah, everyone actually. in The Simpsons are terrible people, like except for Apu. <laughs> right. But no, you can't have no no, because wait, hold on. There's race. And there's stereotype, and that can never be funny ever. No, no, because somewhere along the lines, some people, and of course, it's every culture everywhere, has been oppressed or hurt, and so you're re-victimizing by doing that, which is, 
Which is something that I guess when I was in my 20s, we were too stupid to know hurt. I was too stupid to know, you know, that stuff that stuff hurt. We all just thought stuff was funny and we laughed and had a hell of a good time. But uh, then, then so now I am now I'm yelling like an old person who's who's uh, now I'm now I'm um what's it uh, Andy who's Andy from sixty minutes Rooney right let's well, deal with people who don't like our poo <laughs> so that was my friend stop saying my friend but I do love Kelly Stafford who's married to Matt Stafford of the Detroit Lions this is an example of a young woman who doesn't know any better. She went on to Instagram. She's in Michigan, obviously, Detroit, Michigan. Michigan, mm-hmm. Wife of the quarterback. Um, and she goes on Instagram, and she's had enough of the shutdowns. She's had enough of the shutdowns, and she is somebody speaking who's not who has not checked in to what's culturally... Um, okay ex- to say. Exactly. <laughs> she has not run this by anybody. She has not <laughs> she- run to the lawn sign people and said, does this go afoul of any of your lawn signs? <laughs> does this make me uh, somebody who's who's going to seem, is this not noble? Will I not seem like I'm somebody who's, who's a really, really good person if I say this? She just has concerns from the heart, and I love what she says. Very blunt. I'm so over it. I'm over living in a dictatorship that we call Michigan. <laughs> I understand there's a pandemic, and I understand it's very scary. Now, dictatorship is overused, and she apologized for saying that, calling it a dictatorship. But if you're going to call Trump a dictatorship for not doing anything to you, (laughs) then you can call the governor who's forcing you inside and limiting your freedoms a dictator. Mm -hmm. If that's the new rule on everything is fair and words' meanings are elastic now— then it absolutely applies. Dictator away, uh, Kelly Stafford. I'm scared of it too. If you are at risk, do not leave your house until there's a vaccine. But shutting down all these small businesses, things that people have worked their life for, shutting them down again is not the answer because they will not make it. So once we are able to leave our house, once this dictatorship decides to let us have some freedom, there will be nothing left. I'm just over it. I see all these people and it brings me like to tears. I believe me. I know there's people out there that are stating that's really ignorant of you. How could you say that? Listen, I know not everybody's going to agree with me. Not everybody's going to agree with my every move I make. That's life. Okay. We state our opinions. We move on. This is my opinion. I feel for these small businesses. I feel for it's not that I don't feel for the people that have COVID or the or the hospitals. I do. But this is my opinion. I do not feel like I like I do not like living in a place where they tell me what I can and cannot do. I live once. Again, this is my opinion. You have yours. Everyone has their own. Kelly Stafford, the woman of the month as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, but it doesn't I do matter. Like her. She's not wrong. No, she's not wrong, but it doesn't matter. The New England, six New England states now have gotten together and they've all decided to put uh, in print, you know, in stone tablet, the new restrictions for Thanksgiving. And I'm sorry, you're not going to like. Avoiding direct contact, including handshakes and hugs. Keeping music levels down to avoid people singing or trying to shout over the noise. And you're probably going to hear this three or four times from me between. They really did, by the way. It's not just a segue to get to this. They actually put something out today. Now and Thanksgiving, too. 
Because if you look at what happened in Canada, and their Thanksgiving was in October, two weeks later, Now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> We're announcing the creation of a COVID enforcement and intervention team. You can approach a degree of normality. Christmas is probably not going to be possible. Yeah. Avoiding potluck-style gatherings and having one person serve all the food so multiple people are not handling the serving utensils. Is there anything else you can think of to add to the list? <laughs> it's a COVID Thanksgiving. <laughs> Follow the orders and wear your mask. Don't send your kids to school. The state knows the way to keep us all safe if we follow the COVID rules. Follow the orders and wear your mask and keep your business closed. We hope you'll be fine while you can make a dime and Amazon grows and grows. We hope you'll be fine while you can make a dime and Amazon grows and grows. Follow the orders and wear your mask. Don't stay up past 9 p.m. Keep washing your hands and don't see your friends in groups of more than 10. Follow the orders and wear your mask and stay six feet apart. No hugs for mom till COVID's gone. We need you to be smart. No hugs for mom till COVID's gone. We need you to be smart. This is great. I'm having so much fun. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Yeah. Oh. I love COVID Thanksgiving. Remember what happened in Canada. Mommy, I just counted. The neighbors have 12 people over. Should I call the hotline? Yes, Susie, you know the number. I hope I get to be the government-authorized food server this Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, honey. Your brother's doing that this year. But you can have the job on Christmas. Uh, I mean, a degree of normality day. Follow the orders and wear your mask and turn your music down. Don't sing any songs or stay too long or pass the food around. Follow the orders and wear your mask. Don't travel out of state. If you are lax when you come back, you must self-isolate. If you are lax when you come back, you must self-isolate. Follow the orders and wear your mask, keep an eye on who's next door. If they gather in groups, we'll send the shock troops any cost to win the war. Follow the orders and wear your mask, they know what's best, they say. There'll be no fun till the cases are none, for this is Thanksgiving Day. There'll be no fun till the cases are none, for this is Thanksgiving Day. All right, we've got a COVID Thanksgiving from Down Under Alert, uh, this is the story. Maybe it's not Thanksgiving-related, but it, it is uh, dog-related. And lockdown-related. Okay. Take it away, else. So uh, Australia has locked back down. And um, so today on Twitter, see, or it might have been yesterday. I don't know. I get confused with Just the days up, with, Alice, us, with the Australia because don't their days start at a different have, time than our days start. the ability of the audience to so catch I, on to I lies. I get confused. So anyway... Um, this woman went on Twitter and asked the uh, South Australian police um, if certain activities were okay because she was in an argument with her husband. She felt that um, her husband shouldn't go out and walk the dog, that it wasn't safe, right. and her husband thought he could go out and walk the dog. So she said, hey, at a South Australia Police News, for the sake of my stupid husband, who's doing a Karen from Brighton Moan, can you please broadcast... <laughs> Very specific information about walking the dog. Hashtag lockdown. And the South Australia police replied directly to her on Twitter and said, Hi, Andrea, you cannot leave the house to walk the dog or exercise. And she replied, Thanks for replying. And then the clapping emoji. That's what I've been trying to tell him. Good work. Stay safe. Uh, <laughs> so 
Um, that is great. By the way, that would be so obviously the end of our relationship if you ever ratted me out for anything. If I called the police to find out if what you were doing was okay or not. Excuse me, officer. Um, my husband seems to feel... And done publicly so everybody can see. Right. I care so much, so much that I'm willing to sacrifice my own husband who selfishly... And then to, you know, he's them. Right. He's trying to walk that dog just to <laughs> stay the hell away from her. So, and of course now, um, of course, because it had to be, now there are new stories out saying that dogs can transmit COVID. So unfortunately... There it goes very spot. dark. <laughs> Things there went goes to spot. a dark place. Uh, but we may not be far away. I mean, soon this woman's going to be telling the police that her husband wants to keep their dog and not send him to the dog concentration camps that yep. Australia is going to set up next. So uh, good luck out there, um, Andrea's husband in Australia. <laughs> yeah, it is a tough time. It is a tough time. By the way, the <laughs> so uh, if you're wondering... The Trump thing will end soon, and um, he had a good presidency, I, I think. He, he, there was no doubt like, at the top messaging like in the White House stuff. There was some wild walking through plate gra- glass, uh, you know, house fire, you know, Matt Foley stuff happening. But the report card for four years is pretty damn, pretty damn good, and I'd, I'd take it. And, and there's some things that nobody will ever talk about, uh, or at least for, not in the foreseen future. Uh, Yamiche Alcindor. We'll not be talking about this, but foreign policy-wise, there's some stuff to look at and say, Jesus, all you needed was a little bit of resolve and this and that. But so I've been talking to a lot of friends on how exactly Trump ends this candidacy and concedes. And my feeling is it will be exactly like what I'm about to play here. And this is Trump from 2011. And just this is a template for exactly how it will look and feel for when Trump – concedes to biden or whatever say expresses to the nation that he is ready to leave the white house and uh you know continue doing something else meanwhile never can never quitting his crusade to to uh expand democracy and voting rights as a matter of fact today i'm very proud of myself because i've accomplished something that nobody else has been able to accomplish I was just informed while on the helicopter that our president has finally released a birth certificate. I'd want to look at it, but I hope it's true (laughs) so that we can get on to much more important matters so the press can stop asking me questions. He should have done it a long time ago. Why he didn't do it when the Clintons asked for it why he didn't do it when everybody else was asking for it, I don't know. But I am really honored, frankly, <laughs> to have played such a big role in hopefully, hopefully, getting rid of this There issue. you go, getting rid of the speculation. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's going to look like when Trump I like quits. that he says he wants to look at it, not that like I want the experts to, like, forgery detection No, but that was perfect, Trump. that was perfect, and I had no problem with that then. That, that actual, that speech by Trump was fantastic back then. That was 2011, I think. And that's what he'll do. He'll say that, he'll declare victory that all of the states went through the vetting that the, that the uh, voters deserve, that democracy held up because he forced it to, even though there were mm-hmm. other powers that pushed against it and simply wanted to expedite their sabotaging of the election. Mm-hmm. 
but he did all that he could he, in the in the name of democracy. And the fight is not over. We're taking it online to the messengers, to the media, yada yada yada. To his new TV station, exactly. And that's what I think it is. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I am fine with that. I am fine mm. with that. And um, and if you're a conservative, if you're a Trump person, uh, if you're an anti-Trump person who just who's hyperventilates and you're you've been popping pills for the last four years because you just can't handle the reality, I think things could get better for you maybe not at this point i think it might be bigger than trump um but if you're a conservative or a trump person um i think you have a lot to be optimistic about i am as a conservative i certainly think that these these next few years are going to be very advantageous what trump did and what these voting what these results tell us this blue wave that wasn't is remarkable it tells us that all the messaging over here all the white hot noise the tsunami of messaging a conventional wisdom of where polite society is mm -hmm. over here is actually over here and that is um encouraging for me in this communication is one of the reasons why it's happening and i'm excited and i look forward to uh continuing the discussion and hanging with you guys every single day alice uh, please tell the folks i'm gonna say it again ready do you know what this is from when I say one, two, three, it's four? A, it's a busy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka-dot bikini song. Exactly. Men like to hear women say that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can follow us on YouTube at Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel. You can find us on the Parlor app um, at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can also shoot us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com, and find the podcast in the audio version uh, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, give us a rating and some reviews. Nice job, Alice. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.